This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. There's greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, God calls for us to share his love with others. The one who fulfills. The disciples, like most of all of their countrymen, had grown up with great expectations of the coming Messiah. Then, as adults, they'd stake their hopes on Jesus, the young prophet from Nazareth. In the beginning, everything seemed so right. Then everything had gone so wrong. The crucifixion definitely did not fit their plans. They were devastated. But then he was alive again. And here he was saying, touch me, talk to me, eat with me. Why, they wondered, why did it all turn out this way? We read from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things might be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with the power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And they came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. All things must be fulfilled. Must, Jesus' theology is showing. Events had unfolded as they had, because they had been forewritten, and they had been forewritten because there was a God who calleth those things which be not as though they were. Heaven rules. Daniel teaches God planned his plan long ago, usually in the New Testament, before the world began. Now in time, his plan is being unrolled on the table of human events. God will not be thwarted. History will arrive in God's milestones. It cannot be otherwise. Fulfilled, it's been in vogue for some time now to downplay or deny altogether the possibility of predictive prophecy. As long as the scriptures are passed through a filter of scepticism, it will never be possible that human beings could actually and accurately foretell the future. To be sure, predictive prophecy was quantitatively rare in comparison to the volume of teachings or exhortational preaching of the prophets. But how else should we hear Jesus, who said of Moses, He wrote about me. Predictive prophecy caused Christians to suspend unbelief and believe. Imagine that. 
Jesus speaks of the Hebrew Scriptures as the threefold canon, the law, the prophets, the psalms. Because the psalms are the largest component of the writings, Jesus names the part for the whole. This ancient classification is restricted in the modern Jewish Bible, which is called Tanakh, being a vocalization of the initial consonants of Torah, Nebim, and Ketubim. In the law, Deuteronomy 18.18 18 was understood as a prophetic of the Messiah even before Jesus began his ministry. Art thou the prophet? People questioned John the Baptist, their query driven by this passage. In the, in the prophets, Isaiah 53 was a text from which Philip began as he preached Jesus to the eunuch. From the Psalms, Paul was bold to declare, And we declare unto you glad tidings how the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. In Luke 24:45a it says, Then open thee their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. There are two ways the opening has been understood. One is that Jesus directly by divine intervention removed, as it were, scales from their eyes and veils from their hearts. The other is that the opening was affected by the explanation and exposition Jesus went on to give. Perhaps it was their zealous expectation that so tinted their vision and muffled their ears that though seeing they saw not, though hearing they heard not. They thought they'd seen an imperial messiah sketched in scripture, somehow the suffering servant never registered. Seeing Christ as we want him to be rather than as he is has been a problem for more than first century disciples. Artists have long painted Jesus in their own image. We should pray with a scream to God's spell to see thee more clearly. Christ is a prophet of fulfilment. Between verses 46 and 47 is a subtle transition from that which had been prophesied and already fulfilled to that which Jesus now prophesies and will be fulfilled. It's a transition from past to future events. It represents the transition between Volume 1 and Volume 2 of Luke's two-part Ocus, Luke's Acts, as we call them. In the Gospel, the evangelist has told the story of the Passion and Resurrection. In Acts, he will narrate the spread of the faith from Jerusalem to all nations. Jesus could thus accurately call the future because he is the prophet. As he sits upon the throne of his ascension, heaven still rules. May he reign in the hearts of each of us as well. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0. Our first hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, often called the National Anthem of Christendom, was written in 1779 by Edward Perrineau while he served as a missionary in India. All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
Copying the work or design of another person without giving them due credit is called plagiarism. But even though plagiarism is widely regarded as a terrible thing, ironically, it has actually inspired a whole new field of science known as biomimetics. As the name suggests, biomimetics involves mimicking or copying designs seen in the biological world. For instance, the geometric eyes of lobsters have inspired X-ray telescope design and the amazing properties of spider silk are inspiring chemists in the production of ultra-strong materials. Since scientists are continually uncovering excellent examples of design in nature that are worth copying, isn't it reasonable to conclude that our creator must have designed them? And if they are copying the work of a creator and not giving him due credit, isn't that just another form of plagiarism? Romans chapter 1 speaks of those who do not honour God for what he has created. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. We continue with Blessed Assurance. Fanny Crosby, born in 1820, is heralded as one of the world's most prolific and talented hymn composers. Blind from shortly after birth, Fanny nonetheless wrote 8,000 hymns. She was visiting her friend Phoebe Knapp as the Knapp home was having a large pipe organ installed. The organ was incomplete, so Mrs Knapp, using the piano, played a new melody she'd just composed. When Knapp asked Crosby, what do you think the tune says? Crosby replied, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. The hymn appeared in 1873.
God's second gift. Jesus is God's greatest gift to the world. As it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God wasn't through giving. In our text, Jesus on his last night with his disciples revealed to them that God was planning to give them another gift, a very special, very personal, very unique gift, the Holy Spirit. We read from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 8. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandment. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. This second gift, the Holy Spirit, is also from the Father. It's important to note that this gift is from the Father. Often the giver of the gift is an indication of the value or worth of the gift itself. The old adage, beware of Greeks bearing gifts, was probably first spoken by the recipients of the wonderful gift presented to the city of Troy by their enemy, the Greeks, under the guise of peace. The story of the Trojan horse still lives today. Yes, the value of the gift is often related to the gift giver. Maybe you've been at a party where joke gifts were given, something silly or naughty or worthless. But the Holy Spirit is no joke gift from God. And the Father is not our enemy that he would give us a gift that would hurt or harm us. Instead, the Father gave good gifts to his children. We read from Matthew 7, 9. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to them that ask him? The Holy Spirit is a good gift from the Father. The reason for emphasizing this is because not all Christians are convinced of the full value of this Spirit. While they believe in the Holy Spirit, they are also frightened of something they can't control. Their mistake is in forgetting the Holy Spirit is from the Father and is therefore a good gift, not to be feared, but to be embraced. While we may not always agree on how the Spirit works in our lives, let us not ignore or discount the gift itself. For the Holy Spirit is at the core of the Church today, and without the Holy Spirit the Church is dead. The Holy Spirit was given for a purpose as our counsellor. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to serve as our counsellor or paraclete. 
Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will be another comforter. This is because Jesus also serves as an advocate or paraclete. The basic idea of a counsellor is someone who stands beside another to help or aid them. It also indicates someone who stands beside another in court and represents or defends them. In this text, Jesus is promising that when he leaves the earth, he will ask the Father to send another counsellor to carry on with the disciples, to stand beside them and help them, and if need be, defend them. The gift of the Holy Spirit is forever. The second gift from the Father is forever. Some gifts break after a day, like the toys we give our children on Christmas morning, or become obsolete in a few months, like computers, or we're out in five years or after 160,000 kilometres. But not this gift from the Father. The Holy Spirit lives in us forever. He is with us for all time. We are never alone. We always have God's presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's an exclusive gift for believers only. Jesus promised this gift to his disciples and only to them. In John fourteen seventeen, he said, The world can't accept the Holy Spirit because it neither sees him nor knows him. But the disciples know the Holy Spirit because he lives with you and in you. When on Pentecost the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples in Acts 2, Peter tells the people to repent and be baptised and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is for all whom the Lord will call. Please notice the process necessary to receive the Holy Spirit. First one must believe that Jesus is the Messiah, then repent of their sins, be baptised, and then receive the Holy Spirit as the Father's gift to his children. Paul explains the Holy Spirit was given to believers as a deposit or down payment of our future inheritance and as God's seal on believers to show them they are his own people. And Paul makes it very clear, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have life. If not, you do not belong to Christ. Let us celebrate the coming of God's second gift. Let us give thanks to God for his Holy Spirit. Let's renew our commitment to the Father and the Son and be sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our next music today, I Must Tell Jesus, written by Elisha J. Hoffman, an American pastor. One day he found one of his parishioners in the depths of mental despair. You must tell Jesus, he told her. A light broke across her face and she cried, Yes, I must tell Jesus. And so she did. After a period of prayer, she rose from her knees with a brightness in her face. Hoffman went home and immediately wrote this hymn, I Must Tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus, son of my trials, I cannot bear these burdens in my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. 
Joining us today for great news and God's views on 3FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the 3FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, Draw Me Nearer. Lyrics by Fanny Crosby, music by William Howard Duane. Her mother once sympathised with Fanny about her blindness and she told her mother that if she were offered a sight back that day, she would not accept it. She felt that if she had her normal sight, she would probably not have written any of her hymns. She also noted that the first face she would see would be Jesus. Draw me nearer.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.